the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The law of God is not to be seen as a bunch of little laws, but rather a lifestyle. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Yeah, we're continuing this message that we started yesterday in Galatians chapter 5. And we're talking about the heart of the matter is always the matter of the heart. Because God never changes. And He has always desired to have our hearts in His hand. It's like not just some, you know, religious deeds that we do. Oh, gee, I went to church. I did my religious deed for the week. No, no, no. God wants your hearts. He wants all of you. So again, the Apostle Paul makes it perfectly clear that there are no spiritual benefits to being circumcised. Because we were talking about, you know, how the Judaizers would follow the Apostle Paul around and he would lead all of these Gentiles to know Christ as their Savior. Then these Jews. Judaizers would come in behind him and say, oh, excuse me, uh, nah-uh, you, you can't just ask Jesus in your heart as your Savior. You have to be circumcised, like Moses said, on the eighth day. And, of course, they looked at circumcision, like many today in the church look at baptism. And so, you know, God is like, he was saying here, there was no spiritual benefit to someone being circumcised. You know, in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 2, it says that Jesus said, He will become of no benefit to us. In verse 3, Paul lays it on the line and he says, Look, if you're going to be saved by keeping the Mosaic law, and that's not just the Ten Commandments, by the way. Did you know that when you look at the Mosaic law, the Torah, you know, the law of God, that's the first five books of the Bible. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's not just the Ten Commandments. No, when you look through all those five books, there's actually, are you ready, 613 laws in the Torah, in the, in you know, in the uh, Mosaic Law. And so a lot of people will just say, oh, it's the Ten Commandments. No, 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 there's 613 laws. And, you know, and guess what? You know, there's so many things there. The Mosaic Law is the law that's recorded there. And it's like, and it contains all 613. So Paul said in verse 3, if you're attempting to find salvation in the law, like, I'm going to be saved by the law, you know, like circumcision, then you're obligated to keep the whole law, all 613 laws. Do you realize if someone kept 612 and not 613 of the laws that you can't get to heaven? Like, What? Are you serious? If if I kept 99.9% of them, I still couldn't get to heaven? No, because it says in James 2.10, it says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of all. 
Know this, the law of God is not to be seen as a bunch of little laws, but rather a lifestyle. And by loving the Lord completely along with your neighbor, you fulfill the lifestyle. We are now saved by grace and not by the law, because no man can be saved by the law. Listen, uh, just a little pointer here. The law, you know all the law is there for? It's not to justify you. The law is there to show you how much of a sinner you are. Because when you look at all 613 of those laws, and you think, well, gee, every day, like, oh, today I I broke 192 of them. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like you're just like, oh, my goodness. The law is there and established. So someone couldn't say, well, God, I never knew that. Well, God recorded it. He recorded everything you're supposed to do. And now that it's all recorded, all the law does to you and me is says, you're guilty. Okay. It just shows us that we're a sinner. It should open our eyes and close our mouths. We think we're so nice and wonderful and I'm such a good person and I recycle and I got a rescue dog and all of these things. It's like, oh, well, that's nice. And and I'm glad that you do. And I'm, I'm glad that you drive a Prius and all of those things. That's nice. But the point is you're not justified by that because you either keep the whole law or you're guilty of the law. Because you're either a transgressor of the law or not. It's just like if you're speeding on the freeway. Do you know that if the speed limit's 65 miles an hour? If you're going 66, you broke the law. Now, the chance of you getting a ticket for that's pretty slim. But the fact is, you did break the law. And it's like you're thinking, it's only one miles an hour. That's right. And you don't have to convince me. It's like, hey, go 66 all you want. But I'm just telling you, you're still a transgressor of the law because you surpassed 65. And it's like you're thinking, well, that's just nitpicky. Well, I'm just telling you, (laughs) no one can keep the law of God. Well, then why did he write it? To show us how wrong we are so that we'll realize that we are not as good as that we think we are. It's like you're not the bag of chips that you think you are. It's not that it's just there. It's just it tells us that we're a transgressor of it, making it impossible for us to approach a holy God. Do you remember what God said in Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2? He says, it's not that my hand is short, that I can't reach you. It's not that my ear is dull, that I can't hear you. But your sin has made a separation. Your sin has severed our relationship together. It severed it. See, God is holy and pure. We're not. That's why we need a Savior. And that's why Jesus came. He came to pay the just demands of the law for you and for me so that we could be saved. He was the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. And now the law has been paid and we the sinner have been saved and we've been forgiven. Paul said in Galatians 5, 4, those who seek salvation through the law, they sever or separate us from Christ. So with this same mentality in our present culture, most people will relate to going to heaven by being a good boy, right? Oh, I was a good girl. I was a good boy. I'm going to heaven, right? If we were to seek after most people and just say, hey, let me ask you a question. Are you going to heaven? And they might say, well, I don't know. Or they might say, I think so, or I hope so. You know, and it's like, well, why are you going to heaven? And most people will answer. They'll say, well, because, you know, I'm a good person. And it's like, well, wait a minute, a a good person compared to who? To a homeless guy on the street that has lost his mind and he's a terror to society? Or are you a good person according to the truth of God's word? 
But for those who say, yes, well, I hope so, uh, if you ask them again, you know, they will just say, well, you know, all I can do is hope. Well, listen, God didn't want salvation to be a hope-so salvation to us. He says in 1 John five thirteen, he says, These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. God wants us to know that we have eternal life through salvation in Christ who came and buried our sin in his own body. Which brings up the second thought, walking in hope. Let me read what it says here in Galatians 5, 5. It says, For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are awaiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. Uh, It didn't come from God. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Yes, we as believers, we are to walk with hope. We have the hope of heaven residing within us. Why? Because we're saved. A true believer is not based on us keeping the law, which cannot, you know, which, you know, by the way, you know, we cannot be kept in the first place because there's no way we're going to keep 613 of the laws that are, you know, written in the Torah, the Mosaic law of God. But based on the death and resurrection of Jesus, the creator who came to this earth and lived as a man and died in our place on the cross. Yes, it is so important to know how we are saved. I love that verse in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It says, For by grace you have been saved. Now remember what that word grace means. It means God's unmerited favor. See, you don't merit the favor. I don't merit the favor. He said God just gives it to us. He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one would boast. And when we know how and why we're saved, when we know that, that's what gives us the hope of heaven inside. See, I know that I know that I'm getting to heaven. Why? Because I'm a pastor? No. Because I founded Core Church Los Angeles? No. Because I stayed married to my wife for 41 years? No. I'm going to heaven because Jesus saved me by his grace and his mercy. See, that's it. It has nothing else to do with anything. Yes, we can walk with hope. Hope means a feeling of expectation. It's the grounds for believing that something good is going to happen. Yes, for the true believer, we know that something good is going to happen. And notice in uh, Galatians 5, 5, it ends with our faith working through love. Notice how Jesus said the law could be filled in this. He said in Matthew twenty two thirty seven. he says, You shall love the Lord your God. He's quoting for Deuteronomy there, by the way. You shall love the Lord your God with your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So what he's saying is, look, if you really love God, then you're not just going to go out and sin against them. 
right? It's just like, you know, if you love your spouse, then you're not going to go sleep with another person. Why? Because you love your spouse. And it's like when you, uh, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to steal his lawnmower. Well, he left it out in his yard. I just figured it was uh, up for grabs. No, take it back. Okay. It's like, so the point is when you really love God, like some of you people are really, some of you people, me too, all of us, we can struggle with sin, right? So all of us struggle at sin at times, but you want to know the best way to overcome the sin in your life? Here's the best way. Fall in love with Jesus. When you fall in love with Jesus, you'll want to please him. You know, it's like, a lot of times people don't share their faith. It's like, well, you know, Pastor, I just don't know how to bring it up. And, you know, people usually don't want to listen and talk about it, so I don't share my faith. Well, here's a way to really start sharing your faith more. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with him. Just like, oh, Lord, I can't wait to read your word in the morning. And you want to talk to other people about the Lord. Yes, the heart of the matter is always a matter of the heart. God is always looking at the heart. He desires us to come to him with honesty and uprightness. And now Paul scolds the people in verse 7 and 8, and he says to them, You are running so good. Who hindered you from the simplicity that's in Christ? Because these people were born-again Christians. Then these Judaizers came in and said, Oh, no, you got to go get circumcised, and you got to obey the Ten Commandments and all of this. That's the only way you can be saved. And now Paul's like, well, what happened to you people? What happened to them? You were running so good. You hindered. You know, who hindered you from the simplicity of Christ? You erred in the truth and you allowed someone to persuade you. That word persuade means just that. It didn't come from the Lord. I like what the Bible says in Colossians 2.8. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy or empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of this world, rather than according to Christ. Wow. See to it that you don't allow anyone to come and detour you away from the truth of God's Word. That's why at Core Church Los Angeles, we do expository Bible teaching. We teach through the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, and verse by verse. Listen, if you or haven't been growing in your relationship with Christ, I want to invite you to Core Church. Right now, we're going through an exciting study through the book of Genesis. And, I, you know, the whole study is uh, subtitled as, you know, uh, In the Beginning, God. And we're going to be looking at the life of Joseph this Sunday. And we have three services on Sunday. We have one at 8.30 a.m., and 10.30 a.m., and that's where I'll be doing the Genesis study, verse by verse, through the chapter. Listen, again, that's how you grow in a relationship with Christ. It's that continual, ongoing teaching of the Word of God. So if you find yourself in a little bit of a rut, if you find yourself in a little bit of quicksand, some people say, uh, excuse me, Pastor, this is Southern California. There's no quicksand in Southern California. Well, hey, Give me a trophy then, because I find myself sinking every now and then here, okay? So I found some. But anyway, maybe you feel the same way. But the, whatever the case is, I encourage you to come to Core Church LA. We're on the west side of LA. Maybe you're 40, 50 miles away. There's no traffic in the morning. Come into the city. Be encouraged in your faith. So check us out at corechurchla.org.
And by the way, for those listening on the East Coast and all our stations back there, you can watch us live stream and anywhere else here in Southern California. Those studies are live stream. You on the East Coast, you're three hours ahead. So, you know, our 830 service is 1130 for you. Our 1030 service is 130 for you. But uh, getting back here to our study here, this is why we must always stick with what the Bible clearly teaches and not allow us to be misled by our own emotions, our own feelings, or when some, uh, someone or something just sounds good to us. Listen, there's many things that's happening in the world today. We've legalized many things that the Bible calls sin. And so we can say, well, you know, these people are nice and they're sweet and all of this and it's okay and whatever. No, no, God's word never changes. God's word is not politically correct. What was sin 5,000 years ago? Guess what? It's still sin today. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we're sin sniffers, but we can come alongside people and explain to them why certain areas are sin and why certain things are sin. I just had a lady leave our church because she came up to me and confronted me on abortion. And she just said, you know, well, this is right because my mother said it was right and what have you. And I said, well, you know, your mother was wrong. You know, God's the one that gives life. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that God created us in our mother's womb, that he formed our bones together, that he makes our hearts start beating in our chest, you know, there at the very beginning. Do you know that they can detect a heartbeat in a woman that's four and a half weeks pregnant? That's about the time that a woman realizes that she's pregnant. And it's like you can detect a heartbeat at four and a half weeks. That's crazy. So I said, no, it is... Abortion is absolutely wrong. It is absolutely sin. You are killing a life inside. And they say, well, what if it's a choice of a woman? Well, what about the choice of the little girl that's inside her? Does she have any choice? And you say, oh, that's just, you know, that's just completely wrong. It's a woman's right. It is not a woman's right to take a life. The, the place that a baby should be the most safe in this whole world is in the womb of a woman, but it's not. You know that we've done over 61 million abortions in America today? That's the entire—think about it. It's the entire population of California, 39 million, the entire population of Washington, the entire population of Oregon, the entire population of Arizona, and the entire population of Nevada. It's the whole western side of the United States. It's every single person. That's how many babies that we've killed in abortion. And you can say, well, hey, you're just wrong. I don't agree with that. Well, listen, you cannot agree with me all you want. God's the one that gives life. He gives life. He's the one that says that he created life in the womb. You want to take it up with him? You can take it up with him. I don't care if there's a law that says it's legal to have an abortion. It is wrong. And I want to just put my heart out there to any woman that's listening right now that's had an abortion. And I want you to know that God can forgive you and cleanse you of that. And your baby is waiting for you. Did you hear that? Your baby's waiting because God took that little life and he took it to heaven. And your son or your daughter is in heaven one day. And as you repent of your sin, you will be reunited with your child one day in heaven. So God can cleanse you. He can heal the, the, the missing part inside of you. He can heal all of that. But you must come to Christ. 
But getting back to our study here again, uh, we must not be misled by our own emotions or our own feelings or just because something sounds good. There are many ministries that are filled with what people like to hear instead of teaching people what they need to hear. Again, the Bible is not what you always want to hear because it's going to confront you on sin areas, but it's always what you need to hear because that will be a healing bomb to your soul. People want to hear, bless me, Lord, oh, bless me, yet they might need to hear, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yes, people want to hear, do and walk as you please. That's what you want to hear as long as you go to church on Sunday. But people need to hear, how is your walk? What are you doing? How are you living? How about that for the radio questions of the day? Let me just ask you while you're listening. How is your walk with God? How are you doing in this life when it comes to your relationship with God? How are you living? Is there any known areas of sin in your life? This is why you need to repent and ask God to forgive you. And I'll give you an opportunity to do that here in a moment. For the life that is ready to live righteously is the life that's worthy of being used. And people want to hang out, you know, with whoever they want. But the Bible tells us, you know, to only hang out with those that are walking in the same direction that we're walking in. People that desire to follow the Lord, because there are all kinds of places to walk these days, and not all of them are good. That's why we're told in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three it says, Do not be deceived. Bad company or hanging out with non-believers corrupts good morals, or I should say people that are walking like non-believers. So you could have people that are friends of yours and they are, quote, I'm a Christian, but yet there's nothing in their life that would say that they're a Christian. He says that's bad company and they, they will corrupt your good morals. He says to you, believer, be sober minded as you ought and stop sinning for some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Yes, it's easier to make right decisions when you're surrounded by friends that are making right decisions. So if you're hanging out with people that are going to the wrong places, you're going to go to the wrong places. You hang out with people that are gossiping all the time, you're going to start gossiping all the time. But if you hang out with people that do the right thing, you're probably going to start living the right way. And like it says uh, in verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, meaning, you know, if you allow a little sin to come in, it'll take over completely. Well, with that said, you know, no matter how you slice or dice it, a milestone is never going to be a good thing, a good thing in our life if it's a bad milestone. So we got to have good moments in our life that we can reflect back on and move forward. You know, Paul says in verse 12 that these false teachers should mutilate themselves. You know, they're the ones that were calling for people to get circumcised. He says, why don't you go mutilate yourselves? But all Christians— we, when we seek the Lord and we ask forgiveness for our sins, man, God forgives us of our sins and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But we have to be serious about our relationship with God. We have to be serious about asking for forgiveness because we're told in 2 Corinthians seven ten, it says, for the sorrow that is according to the will of God, it produces a repentance without regret. And that's what leads to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. 
See, some people can say, oh, yes, Lord, I I robbed the bank today, and I'm so sorry, and you're already planning on robbing a bank tomorrow. Or you could go out and, you know, do drugs and say, well, you know, Lord, I'm sorry, but you're already planning to do it again. Or you could watch something you shouldn't be watching, and you're already planning on doing it again. He says "That's, that's a sorrow that's not according to the will of God. But the sorrow that is according to the will of God, it produces a repentance that is true. You know, true repentance means this. I'm walking in a direction, and I stop, and I change directions. So in a biblical sense of repentance, it just means I'm going to stop my way and go God's way. And if that's something that someone listening today would like to repent and say, God, you know, I need to do what you want me to do. God, I want you to forgive me of my sin, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for my sin. If that's you, then you pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Come inside of me. Cleanse me. Make me fresh and clean, Lord. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And be my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I'd like to send you a Bible that's got notes on how to really walk with the Lord. You can call me at 323-807-3255. That's 323-807-3255. Or you can email me your name and address to Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. That's Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 